Hello, all you slut enthusiasts, fellow sluts and perverts. Welcome to the Slut Next Door podcast, and I am your slut next door. I am a taboo phone sex operator, audio porn creator, and just an overall slut who wants to talk about being a slut, kinks, fetishes, and all the dirty things that hide inside of our head. Today's episode is centered around consumers of sex work services online or in person. I asked men to tell me about their anonymous experiences with online or in-person sex workers, and I promise you do not want to miss a moment of this episode. I want to take a moment to thank my Patreon producers. Dan P., welcome. Kai, welcome. Adrian, welcome. And Todd L., Moondogger, Patrick, BR, Brent, Hail Murder Cube. All of you, your support is so appreciated. Do you want to support your favorite slut next door? Check out patreon.com slash the slut next door. One of the benefits of becoming a Patreon is hearing the uncensored after hours bonus episode. And this week, I'm going to ramble on about my recent phone sex shenanigans and other just random things happening in my corner of the perv world. Let's get started with this episode. So the purpose of this episode, I've been wanting to do it for a while. I've been wanting to hit on the unique sex worker and client relationship that can form between two people because you have to remember that that hot porn star or that phone sex operator that just rocks your world is a person, a real person. And I think I would imagine that sometimes you might forget that. But anyways, I just I wanted to touch on the stigma as well with utilizing sex workers because I know you guys know, maybe you are that person that says, I'll never pay for porn ever. There's so much free stuff out there. And that's true. And it's also okay. Because there's people that will also say in this life, you know, I'll never pay for someone to change my car oil. Or I'll never pay someone to do my nails or toenails when I can paint them myself. It's all a matter of value and need or demand for each person. So in my opinion, paying for sex services does not make you a loser or just a complete deviant or pervert. Unless that's what you want to be called, then yes, you are those things. (laughs) But, you know, there's there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, There's people that need that human-to-human connection. Some people just need that orgasm that's not with themselves or they're trying to really tap into certain fetishes. You know, um, it's a busy, stressful world we live in. And utilizing sex work services could help people... um, you know, with stress relief, 
or just even to distract them from their busy, stressful life. Um, some people may seek out sexual uh, service from sex workers because they're not able to be themselves typically or reveal their real sexual nature in like, you know, typical relationships. Like let's say that people might go see a femme dom or something. They may not be able to do that in regular, their regular everyday kind of relationships. Um, some people are just lonely. Like there's a lot of people that I know that don't, they don't even try to date. They're just happy being themselves. Uh, mad respect all about that single life. Some people just don't want to date and they'd rather receive, you know, a sexual experience by just paying for it, it being on their own terms. And there is nothing wrong with that. I think there's also <clears throat> a human connection, uh, like mental health side of you know, using sex work services that I don't think is mentioned enough. You know, I hear this a lot because I mostly do stuff with my voice, like with phone or audio. So you're really, you're really, in some phone calls, really getting to the core of someone's mind and to their sexuality. And I'll hear that, you know, this is so valuable to me to just like get this off of my mind or be able to talk about this. I've never talked about this with anyone else. Uh, that's powerful. When you really think about it, that's a really powerful thing because we all want to be heard and we all want to be seen. And so if that, if you're the type of person that's willing to pay someone to uh, be the person that listens and that helps you discover yourself, then so what, you know, I just, I won't try to get on a soapbox here, but I just want to shine a light on these things because I think they're important. There's just a lot of stigma out there in regards to, you know, sex workers and also people that use sex workers. And I think that the stories you're going to hear today are really going to paint themselves uh, in a very unique way. There's also something very unique about the sex worker-client relationship. Yes, there's money involved. Like if I'm getting on the phone with someone, there is something monetary I'm receiving. But... If you're good at what you do, especially when you have those repeat clients that you talk to for like months, years, there's a special connection that happens. And for, so for me personally, I'm probably too good <laughs> at com compartmentalizing um, and internally. So what I mean is I am able to make a boundary and fence very easy and protect myself. So I personally never have issues with emotions. And what I mean by that, if, um, it, you know, if I've been talking to a phone sex client for months, I get to know them and I'm like, man, I'm really into this guy. 
um, I don't get the feeling where I'm just like, oh, I want to date him. I want, you know, I want to be the only person he talks to. I don't deal with that. And I'm sure other people do that, that don't have that skill of compartmentalizing. But even though I do set the boundaries, I do feel a sense of interest, friendship, and just like a general care about the clients, especially when they're like repeats. And that's outside of anything to do with money. Like I'm not, I'm not having that interest because they're paying me. The paying me is a benefit to me. But like I started this, I'm also a person and I also recognize um, a really good person on the other end of the line. Or, you know, I'm not dumb enough to, to, to think that they could be bullshitting me. But regardless, <clears throat> I'm able to see that in someone. And I'm, I might be different than some sex workers, but I really do cherish some of my clients because some of them I talk to without any payment exchange. It's almost like we're really good friends. I, you know, I put a lot of my self into my work. I put a lot of heart and a lot of my mind into it. And it's because I genuinely enjoy what I'm doing. So much so that I don't feel like it's work half the time. And I think that for some clients, they see that and they see me as a kind of a safe place. Like I'm not just there to, you know, fuck their wallet and take their money. I am there to ask for money in exchange for my services, but you're going to get some genuine connection there. Um, and like I said, I know for a fact that I could be different than some sex, sex workers. Um, and that's okay too, because there is a time and place to be like, hey, this is what I want. Uh, this is what you get. And boom, it's a transaction. Even I still have those. I have people that come back to me many times and it's kind of like, <laughs> I just imagine they get super horny and that's the only time they reach out to me. That's totally fine. I, I enjoy them just as much, but I don't get that feeling of, of friendship that I've developed with some of my customers. So uh, with that said, we're going to jump into this. So what I did is I put out in my Discord server, and I also asked particular individuals to give me kind of their experience um, with sex workers in the past, how it's changed them as a person in positive or negative ways. You know, I just wanted to get a sense of what they've received, how they've enjoyed it, um, you know, the, the, the effects of being a client of sex work. So let's jump in. These are all anonymous. And here's my first one. I'm just going to read word for word. Oh, and before I get started reading, I just want to say that I think that there's a lot to be said on this topic. And what proves to me of that is I had a lot, a lot of uh, interaction. A lot of guys that were seemed very happy to give me their experiences. And I'm sure 
they've been wanting to get this off their chest. It's just, who do you talk to this about? Like, especially if you're married or ashamed of your sexuality, for example, um, you know, you're not going to tell your best friend, yo, like, let me tell you about this prostitute or this girl online that I've been <laughs> uh, receiving services from. I'm just assuming that most people don't talk to their friends like that. But anyways, here's our first story from an anonymous perv. They say, <clears throat> I've been buying porn and other services only online from lots of sex workers for years now, but one in particular definitely stands out. I've been a client of theirs for almost five years now. And at first it started off as I'd buy content from them whenever I could, but we really didn't talk much outside of transactions. And it was like that until a year ago. Last year, I got a full-time job, and now that I had a stable source of income, I started buying from them a lot more and also started actually tipping them randomly whenever I could. Going hand-in-hand hand with this increase of business was us talking more. I've paid for like private cam shows and stuff, and the past couple months we've started to develop a bit of a relationship in addition to our already existing business relationship. Eventually, I came to realize that I had started to develop feelings for them, like a crush. After realizing that there's no realistic way we could date or anything, for multiple reasons I won't go into here, I decided to cut contact pretty much. I stopped being a friend and a customer for a while. After about a month, I realized that quitting them cold turkey wasn't for me. It can be dangerous how addicting porn can be. And I reached back out. For the past few months, we've established the professional relationship and even the friendship, but it's nowhere near as strong as it was before, mostly because I didn't want to fall back into the hole. And like any crush, time has helped me move on from them. We're definitely still friends, but we're back to being mostly seller-client relationship, and every once in a while, I still consider cutting them off permanently because the feelings didn't 100% go away, but overall, I do greatly love their content, and I'm happy to support them. So that was our first perv. As you can see, you know, boundaries are so important, and I think that this story kind of kind of proves that, you know, and, and I, this is the kind of things I wanted to hear from guys is, you know, do, do you develop feelings? How do you deal with them? Because, you know, you can be working on a very intimate level. And, um, as you can see, this person, it became so strong that they, they quit, but then they came back. And that's another thing. If you do really good work, your true fans are going to support you no matter what. Like, obviously, he's tapped into something, or I'm sorry, she has tapped into something that he really finds valuable. Um, and I think that's, that's good for both of you because you like her content and she likes, you know, doing the content and receiving uh, money from it. And, yeah, so there we go. 
All right, the next random pervert story. Here we go. I have been subscribed to multiple OnlyFans pages. The experience was great. The creators enjoyed feedback and some even did custom content, which as a person who enjoys fantasy cuckolding and humiliation, the personalization of custom videos are amazing. I never developed personal feelings or really delved into any conversation that wasn't about the content or feedback about it. And that is that one. And I think that he puts a really valuable piece of um, advice out there. You know, if you feel like you cannot compartmentalize, make that fence and say, I'm only going to talk to them about the content. I think that's great advice. If you maybe have a, you know, inkling that you might uh, start crushing or developing feelings. Um, and yeah, custom content is so great especially when you have a very specific fetish um, or kink, as this person mentioned, the personalization and the customized content can be so valuable. All right, next random pervert story. They say, I have actually enjoyed the services of escorts in the past, and I have had no problem paying for the pleasure of a few hours of company and intimacy. It wasn't something I developed any particular attachments over. I just needed intimacy and physical relief. As far as I know, neither of us developed emotional hangups. But I will say if one finds a good escort for an in-person session, it is worth the mere money paid for the value it gives. The illusion of emotional intimacy alongside the physical is well worth the cost. To me, it was a very positive experience most of the time. I only really have had one bad experience, and that was with an independent pickup escort, whom I hadn't researched enough. She was rushed and focused on getting me off to the point it became clinical, so she could get me out the door and on to the next client. This person we also had a conversation um, afterwards that was just kind of about uh, escorts from companies versus independent escorts. It was super intriguing. I actually really want to bring an escort onto the slut next door because I am so fascinated with the whole thing, Um, especially the independent ones because I've seen some on Twitter and it looks like they are just um, rocking it. So I'm very, very curious about that. Um, but I, what I loved about this story is they said the intimacy. You know, if you find a really good one, the money you're paying and you get this illusion and this experience of emotional intimacy and then plus you get your, you know, orgasm and climax and that's all well and great and fantastic too obviously but yeah love it all right next pervert anonymously says I pay for sexual services every single week and I've been visiting a particular prostitute for over 10 years now 
She even texts me when she isn't working just to talk. Even helped her out during COVID when she couldn't go out and work. Over the years, I have been regulars with a lot of students who drifted in and out of business. Even helped a few of them with their exams. I'd like to think most of them liked me as a client and I had a positive effect on my regulars. And they in turn had a positive effect on me, except for a few. Like in every profession, you have good and bad people amongst sex workers too. So I love, I love this perv because, you know, at first when I read it, I was like, students? Well, I didn't know we were talking about students here. But he, he is talking about uh, college students that do escorting during college. And so he's like helping them with their exams <laughs> as well. So it sounds like this this particular gentleman has a very healthy relationship with um, escorts because, you know, he's helping them with schoolwork, uh, with money, and it sounds like safety as well. So I think that's really cool. Sounds like he's having a great, grand old time with some lovely uh, escorts. <laughs> Good for you. So I have been trying to prioritize my health and wellness habits because, I mean, let's face it, I'm not getting any younger. (laughs) Every blog or video tells me to drink more water, and sometimes I really struggle with that, especially when I'm busy on the phone making audios and podcasting all day, but I can say for sure that when I'm properly hydrated, I feel my best. I'm more focused and I have that mental clarity that's needed to perform my work. Liquid IV has been a game changer for me in terms of making sure I'm hydrated and functioning at my best level. Liquid IV is a category-winning hydration brand, and their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. And just one stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water, you get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than just water alone. You can use it first thing in the morning, before a workout, when you feel run down after a long night, or on long flights or car rides. I drink my liquid IV midday whenever I'm just feeling like mentally worn down and struggling to keep focused with my workday because I work really long hours at my computer. And when I start to feel sluggish, I just grab a stick of liquid IV, pour it into my water bottle, and drink. It's that simple. I love liquid IV hydration multiplier because it gives me a natural boost during my day that's healthy and helps me get the hydration my body needs. It tastes so good too. No aftertaste, and it's never like too sweet. I first tried the Tropical Punch, and it tastes like a vacation in my mouth. (laughs) 
You cannot go wrong with their 12 delicious and refreshing flavors. So get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code SLUTNEXTDOOR at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code SLUTNEXTDOOR at liquidiv.com. Okay, so my next rand, not random, my next anonymous pervert um, told me this great, interesting story. Here we go. When I was stationed in North Carolina for four years, I'm sorry, that would be three years. Sorry, I'm doing some math there. I ended up at a dungeon just outside of a college town. I was there with two friends for a night out on the town, chasing after college girls. It would be unsuccessful for me. At some point, I struck up this conversation with this woman around some pizza place. We chatted and she slipped me this flyer for an open house night 21 and over for those who were curious about visiting a dungeon. I was super intrigued, but couldn't let my two cohorts know. I ended up leaving her and returned to my friends, told them a barefaced lie that I had gotten a BJ from her, <laughs> but I would come back the day of the open house. The night I returned, took in the crowd, and was initially overwhelmed by some of the master's pushy tactics. I was in the South, and being a man of color, I immediately felt like this was a race play thing gone wrong, and my instinct, my first instinct, was to fight my way out of there. When I saw a break, I took my first chance and sprang for the door, only to be intercepted by an attendee who noted my look of discomfort. We talked for a few minutes. This wasn't the same girl who had given me the flyer. And she led me over to the mistress I would form a relationship with. So he gives her a stage name, but I'm going to leave that out just in case. I don't want to upset anyone. Uh, but something about her name had to do with mythology. So he says, we talked about mythology for a length. And instead of selling me on the dungeon, she just listened to me. My kinks, worries, the whole thing, she eased all of my concerns and hesitations. We agreed to meet when I could, which ended up being two or three times a month where I was spanked. He says he loves being spanked. <laughs> I love being spanked and called a filthy, pervert, degenerate, pussy hound, pussy sniffer or whore. I don't like being called a dog worm, pig, etc. I don't answer to that. The long and short is I'm an ordinary guy, but I'm not the villain in these surly blanket statements about men. Now, evermore, when men are being persecuted for being themselves, it seems even the most unlikely of us why chromo carriers are subject to ridicule by fembots. After six months, there were times when she would call me not to schedule an appointment time, but to chat. Even with my routine visit, there would be sometimes be an additional person in the room, another spanky. I knew things were really progressing when she gave me a handjob after a session, which ended up happening frequently. 
and even asking if I could hang out with her in Raleigh or somewhere in between for us both. When I was deployed, she sent me three care packages, one of which had old school nudes in them, Polaroids. I had reduced my phone service and was only using Wi-Fi and messenger services, so keeping in touch was a tricky situation. When I got back, she took me out to dinner and even bought me some hoodies and a pair of shoes, nothing fancy, mind you. We never had sex. Yes, I know, boring. She was taken at the time this was all going on, and I only met her boyfriend twice. Once while at the gun show, the second time was her going away party. The going away party was thrown at their apartment. I was invited along with one other woman who was also a client, but from what was told to us, we were her favorite clients because our requests weren't too stringent or complex. We just wanted to be spanked to help relieve the sexual thoughts we had floating in our psyche. Let's just say mine are enough to get me fired for gross sexual harassment, which is why I need my outlets. The femdom definitely affected me in a good way. She pushed me to be more assertive in bed encouraged me to try swinging as a single man. She claimed I'd be good with it. Results are still early now. And even nurtured my inner pervert. She was always supportive, rarely critical of my desires, and with no real degree of BS, just stipulated that as long as I played this safe, I'd never get the full sexual gratification I needed in my life. Whether or not I... I had kids, got married. She just didn't want regular blokes like myself to waste away, become bitter, you know, be some overbearing incel or remain jaded. What she did for me was set me straight, which I was already working towards. In a perverse way, she took the yoke off me and made it possible to be comfortable with having a dual nature. In hindsight, I can see that she might have been trying to reach out and make a genuine connection that went beyond master-slave, and I guess I was her lucky penny. I saw her for two more years, and we cut contact after she moved with her man. The last time we communicated was back in 2021. I got a random email from her one day. She lives... I'll leave that out, with her family and as a dungeon master as well as a sexual trauma therapist. Some habits don't die, I guess. All right, so what a great story. There's so much really cool stuff here. I mean, you can see that this woman really helped put him on a path, which she did say he was already getting there, but I'm sure she had a hand in making that happen, you know, in a more meaningful way or making it happen more quickly. I think that's super cool. Thank you for sharing that story. <laughs> Lots of funny things in there too. Um, so yeah, there we go. Positive effects. Now, our next anonymous perv story. Here we go. He says, a little bit of background currently 42 years old, never been in a relationship or dated a woman. 
lost my virginity to a sexual surrogate at age 27 and from 27 to 33 saw around 50 different escorts ranging from 18 to 50 years old, all kinds of body types and nationalities. I tended to tended to do one to three hour sessions. Many I saw were forgettable, but there are a handful who I remember to this day and one that was just amazing. 80% were the GFE types, that stands for girlfriend experience, and the 20% were taboo, you could say. Escorts worked for me because it was transactional. There were no games, no drama. We both knew what was expected of us. I never developed feelings or attachments because I understood what it was and what it wasn't. We always treated each other with kindness and respect, but it never went more than that. I only stopped because it had became empty after a while. I did dabble in cam girl stuff on MFC here and there afterwards, but it didn't really grab me. From there, I started getting into audio porn, Gone Wild Audio and Pillow Talk on Reddit, until I came across NSFW, not safe for work, ASMR. That for me blended the sexuality, sensuality, intimacy. Since then, that has been my main vice and subscribe to many creators on OnlyFans, Fansly, and Patreon. I've never had a problem paying for porn, whether in person or online. Sex workers provide an amazing service and don't get the credit and respect they deserve. Thank you. I love that. I love that. So there you go. You see a man that started with escorts and ended with online. Now, I also want to mention, like I started this episode with, some people, for whatever reason, like we don't need to know what his reason is, but you know, are not in relationships. And that's okay. That's where people like sex workers can come in and provide that kind of service. All right. (laughs) Next anonymous perv. Here we go. How has sex worker interaction changed me? I think interaction with sex workers is ultimately a positive experience. I learned a lot about different interests I never knew I had. The human connection that forms over a long-term quote-unquote relationship with a sex worker or PSO can be very special as well. By the way, PSO stands for phone sex operator. In some cases, it can be the equivalent to connecting with an old friend. When a PSO or sex worker lifts the veil, and reveals little tidbits about themselves due to a level of trust that has been built can be very positive too. Authenticity is a must too. It is very easy to tell if a PSO or sex worker is just stringing you along to keep the clock running or if they're not into your call and want to get off the phone as soon as possible. I pick up on tone and candor the most when engaging with PSOs and sex workers. Feelings almost always will develop on my end, and this can be very difficult to accept at times. 
I understand why lines and boundaries cannot be crossed, but sometimes I do feel like the stars align to bring two people together to form a special connection. I used to struggle with this a lot more, but have accepted that taking a relationship, quote unquote, real life with a sex worker is basically a non-starter. That still doesn't negate the fact that I truly care for them, wish them all the success in the world, and in some cases, truly love and care for them. It is not something to be taken lightly. Finally, the financial drawbacks can become a challenge if one is not careful. A lot of times, many callers are just lonely, have no one else to truly open up with, and just need or crave some human connection. Again, it is fairly easy to tell early on if the person you are talking to is truly interested or if they are just playing along. All in all, it really just boils down to human connection. I loved this um, anonymous thoughts that they gave us. I think there's a lot of really interesting things here. I love the part where he says, um, you know, the sex worker lifts the veil and reveals little tidbits um, because I know for me, I, I can be too, like very protective of who I am. Um, and I, I have noticed that when I lift that, people do tend to really enjoy it. And, you know, I, I enjoy giving it to them. <laughs> and as I've said, I feel like probably multiple times on here, this guy points out something that I like to preach. Guys can tell when you are not interested. And that's the biggest thing if you want to start doing sex work. If sex and kink and fetish doesn't turn you on, like, in a very serious way, just don't, don't do this job. You won't, you'll be able to make some money, but you won't, it won't be something that you keep doing because you won't be successful. They won't call you back. Um, so I really appreciated that you brought that up. Um, and then, man, the, the part about the feelings that really spoke to me, that made me, that made my heart, you know, heard a bit and I know like he's learned how to deal with those things but it's still you know it's sad <laughs> it is sad um and I yeah I don't know what to do with that um but it, it is something that I wonder and that's why I wanted to do this episode I wanted to get inside the head the heads of men that utilize sex workers to see if they do feel those things um, because thankfully I can say I've never really dealt with someone that mm, let me not say that I've dealt with one person that and it's funny I tried to like push that away in my own brain I, had to, I dealt with one person that really struggled with the lines the boundaries and it was just easier for me to just cut that off because in the, at the end of the day, I don't want to hurt anyone, right? And so I could tell he was getting very attached and that was not okay because I didn't want to hurt him, you know? Um, I cared for him at this very, 
it was very like I don't even want to say loving, but it's like very close to loving, caring kind of way, but not in a way where I wanted to communicate to him that I wanted things to be a real life romantic thing. So thank you for sharing very, very raw and emotional there. Thank you. All right. The next anonymous perv, I actually think this was kind of a part two, if you will, of a previous anonymous perv. So yeah, but it's still, it's a new whole uh, story here. So here we go. He says, there was a time I actually fell for a prostitute and she really needed to show me the mirror that I am just a client and this is her work. And there is nothing more to this. That really was an eye-opener, and thankfully, I am much more mature now. About boundaries, it's easiest to maintain one when there is no non-sexual attraction between client and sex worker. For example, one of my favorite long-term service providers is a Spanish-speaking woman whose English is very limited and we talk mostly via Google Translate. I've been one of her regulars for over three years now. The sex we have is explosive. I thoroughly enjoy rimming, and she is one of the very few women I've ever met who's really into eating ass. Good for you. <laughs> you can tell she really enjoys it and can keep doing it for an hour. So our sexual preference match is... 100% between provider and receiver, but that's about it. I have absolutely no interest for her outside of sex, and she feels the same way about me. We chat over WhatsApp a lot. She sends me pictures when she goes on vacation, etc. Friends is probably not the best term for this, but we are kind of very good acquaintances. We share just enough of our lives that we are comfortable with. Then I have another lady who I've been visiting for a, over 10 years. So the amount of trust developed over time has been immense. I genuinely care about her and she does too. But it's only friendship and there's no problem with boundaries over there as well. We share a lot about each other's lives. I even met her mom who has no idea what her daughter does for a living. And in this case, our boundaries relaxed over years and years of contact and conversation and sharing time with each other. Boundaries have been a problem where I've fallen for a girl and one time a girl fell for me. The first instance where I fell for a sex worker was when I was going through a particularly tough phase in my personal life. I was still in my late 20s. I've been through a very bad breakup and I really mistook or maybe my brain really wanted to believe that she was interested in me outside of work. The signals were obviously there. She did open up a little bit about her personal life, but it was abundantly clear that there was a limit and I should stop probing. I even brought chocolates and flowers during our sessions, and she made it clear that she didn't want it. In the end, I was just infatuated at the point and logical thinking went down the drain and she had to stop seeing me as a client to make her point clear. 
but in all cases, I'd say maintaining a boundary isn't a big deal. I like to think about it like being the bartender of your favorite pub. You always go to your favorite pub. You share a lot with your bartender. Your bartender knows you for years and you build a relationship. I know you're in the U.S. and might not have neighborhood pubs where everyone frequents after work, so it's kind of hard to explain. About sex workers improving my life, I don't know if I would categorize it as an improvement, but I'd say they are an absolute necessity for my mental health. More than the physical aspect of having sex and the joy of getting an orgasm, I really value the fact that I can just talk to a sex worker and not be judged. This includes both sexual and non-sexual conversations. I really value the fact that I can talk about fetishes and not be shamed for it, and I can talk about absolutely anything in confidence and not be judged for it. Just having a person to talk to is quite an underrated service that sex workers provide. Also, I believe meeting people's sexual needs is an enormous service. I can focus better at work when I'm happy and sexually satisfied. And I work super long hours and work is very stressful. I get compensated generously for that, but it takes away from my social life. I don't think I would be able to work efficiently if I was mentally stressed and sexually frustrated for long periods of time. But being to avail sexual services is really one of the reasons I can still continue my stressful work life. So in a sense, the work I do in mainstream society wouldn't have been possible without sex workers. Apart from these, I think a lot of marriages are held together by sex workers. I can tell you a sizable proportion of married couples are just staying together to raise their kids. At least from a man's point of view, without having an outlet for sexual needs through sex workers, men at least won't stay in marriages just to raise kids. So... I Okay, so for one, I totally got what you meant about the pub part because, um, and I think that was a great, a great comparison there. I mean, you're so, so right. Like you, and it, we do kind of have bars in the U.S. where a lot of people frequent. I, I've never been kind of the bar gal, but I know a lot of people that do. And I've heard people talk about relationships they build with bartenders and that, like you said, the bartender knows you and they know what you want. Like after, after some time, they know exactly what you want to drink. Uh, same with a sex worker. They are going to know exactly what you need to get off. They're going to know what you want to hear. Um, you know, and you're paying, you're paying the bartender, right? You're tipping them and like they're giving you service and providing something a little extra to, for one, keep you there, provide some kind of sense of, you know, this is a pub that your favorite pub, we want this to be your favorite pub, and I'm going to help you decide this is your favorite pub. And a good par bartender is happy to see you, a good bartender 
is like a friend in a way, like we're trying to say here. So yeah, I just think that was a great comparison there. And another thing I'm so, so happy you mentioned, you said just having a person to talk to is an underrated service. And that is so powerful. And also what you were saying about not being judged, because you can't, you know, unless you are in some kind of kinky community, um, you can't talk about your sexuality and fetishes out in the open like that and sometimes have pretty intellectual conversations about them, right? So that is a very valuable service, and I'm so glad you saw that. Like, sometimes I feel like a mental health counselor or therapist because, you know, I I uh, hear people's stress. I hear, you know, man, I had such a hard day at work, and I, I get to hear why they had a hard day at work. And then I get to make them feel good and help them relieve some stress. And to be honest, this just happened the other night. I was dealing with some like very stressful things in my real life. And I had a scheduled phone sex call with um, one of my favorites. And um, he, he had paid to have like the typical sexy time. And then we were going to have he was going to pay for some time afterwards just to chat and I told him that he did not need to pay me extra I was going to stay on the phone man I think we stayed on the phone for an extra hour maybe just talking because I needed that he became my mental health support I needed to get some things off my chest and really just be distracted as well um so yeah, that, that's a very unique relationship there of a client and a sex worker that I'm so happy that other people are seeing that and experiencing that as well. Okay, our next anonymous perv, he says, I've had one PSO who I really clicked with, and again, that's phone sex operator. It was a few years ago. I'm pretty, sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I had a yahoo.com email address, so it was that long ago. <laughs> and we talked every day for six months or so until we kind of drifted apart. During that six months, though, we spoke basically every day and got pretty close. It was close for me anyway. We talked a lot about our real lives and non-sexual topics, and I'm pretty sure the connection was real on her side too. The funny thing is she told me her real name, but I can't recall it right now. I called her, I'll leave the name out, which was a name of a girl I was crushing on. I was in the middle of getting divorced. She was fantastic as a phone sex operator and we did a lot of pillow talk after she would help me come. First, it was standard stuff, but as time went on, it got more personal. She knew all about my fetish and all the things I fantasized about, and I learned about her day job, her boyfriend, and all the normal things friends know about each other. But her aunt, who had raised her, was sick at the time, so we talked a lot about that, sometimes for a couple hours. 
we would do hours and hours of talking on Yahoo Messenger about everything. By the way, that lets me know how long ago this was. We had two chats, one where she played a fantasy character and, the, and another one that was a real-life one. We, en we ended up chatting in the real-life one more, and we talked while she was doing other stuff during the day. With all that being said, I definitely paid for my time with her. It was unspoken, but I was a regular. I spent maybe $100 a week, and I'd spoil her extra. Would we have been friends in real life if we knew each other? Or would we have talked as much on the phone or on Yahoo Messenger if I wasn't paying? Almost certainly not. But she was important to me during a hard time in my life, and I can usually convince myself that she got something more than just cash from our relationship. Another like really cool story, um, it sounds like you have a very healthy understanding about what that was for her because I can guarantee you that if you guys were talking as much as you were and especially if she was talking to you outside of being paid, she got a lot out of that relationship. All right, and so here's our final anonymous perv experience with sex workers. He says, I am a 59-year-old married man. I met my wife when we were just 19, and I still love her dearly, but she doesn't share my love of porn or my kinky taboo fantasies. In fact, I'm sure she'd be horrified if she knew about some of the stuff that goes through my head. I have no desire to act out on my taboo fantasies in the real world, but damn, they are hot fantasies and taking it a stage further to explore and experience these fantasies with a like-minded person is absolutely mind-blowing. Phone sex operators have provided me with this outlet and these days it has become easy to find a phone sex operator who specializes in specific kinks. In fact, the specialist phone sex operators are generally more experienced and knowledgeable in their field than I am, which makes my time with them even more rewarding. I now consider myself an experienced phone sex user, and I can say my best phone sex experience has been with PSOs that I formed a trust and bond with over time. Like in all relationships, there are, ba there are basic rules that need to be observed like respect, honesty, and appreciation. The client-PSO relationship is no different there, but where it does differ is the level of intimacy that can be achieved if you allow it. A good PSO wants to satisfy and give you the best experience she can, so she listens out for reactions and signs that what she's saying and how she says it is working to achieve this. Here's the thing. A good client will do the same. It has to be genuine, though, and there's no point. Falseness or bullshit will be sussed out. My top tip once a client has found the right PSO is to open up your mind to her 
and let your PSO do her job. She won't let you down. I never considered my time with a PSO as cheating. It's my time away from the real world where I can be who the hell I want to be and then afterwards enjoy the memory and the knowledge that no one else has gotten hurt and I've enjoyed a truly satisfying sexual experience with a real life person. I've said it many times that the thought of something is often better than the reality. In other words, the power of satisfaction is in the mind. Phone sex is mind sex. And for me, with the right PSO, I am always left completely satisfied and mind blown. Some might not get this, but the client PSO relationship I am in now is so exciting that I prepare for each session like it's a date, especially if I'm working away from home and staying in a hotel. I shower, defuzz my cock and balls, and spray myself with aftershave, all to get myself in the right frame of mind to be blown away. My current PSO, not sure I'm allowed to disclose who it is, but I value and appreciate all she gives me so much that I actually want to do these things before I speak with her. For me, the client PSO relationship is truly unique. One word of warning, though, good PSOs will take you to another level and can consequently become addictive. And because of this, you have to be disciplined and only use them within your budget or you'll start to resent them instead of loving them. That is such good information there at the end. I love that. So work out a budget and stick to the budget because if not, you're going to resent that person. And that's not fair. (laughs) Um, Yeah, thank you for sharing. That was great, 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 great information and background experience on how someone experiences years of using phone sex as a service. So I hope you guys enjoyed hearing these anonymous perv Uh, sex worker stories, you know, how people have experienced things like escorts, content creators, phone sex operators. It's, It's a topic that I don't think there's often a lot of light shown on it because, I don't know, because of many things. Maybe it's stigma, um, appropriateness maybe the conversation just isn't happening I don't know or maybe I'm not seeing it (laughs) anywhere else Um, and it's there but regardless I loved I loved every one of you that reached out to me and told me your story Um, it's really a lot for me to chew on and I think I hope that other sex workers are listening and you can also gain the same because it's really it's really valuable to get inside the mind of your clients or your customer see I even hate calling my guys clients it sounds way too I don't know clinical or something I don't know what it is anyways this is the end of the episode thank you so so much for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did digging into the minds of wonderful men that utilize services for sex 
If you would like to follow me on socials and such, check out the episode uh, description and I have those links there. And until next time, bye.